0: It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
1: Well, another sunny Monday at City National Arena. This is Nighttime at Noon, and while the vast majority of the VGK broadcast stable is courageously braving the elements of Manitoba in the middle of December, they leave Derek Englund and myself, Brian McCormick, behind to run KTAN. So uh, great to have you with us. Uh, A lot of exciting things to discuss coming this week. Uh, A good week for uh, Vegas hockey in general. The Golden Knights start a two-game road swing that takes them to Winnipeg. Uh, HSK have a string of home games, and the rivalry series with the U.S. and Canadian women's teams comes to the Dollar Loan Center on Thursday. Uh, We're going to discuss it all. Derek, that's a pretty packed week, I think.
0: Yeah, it's an extremely packed week. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the rivalry week and uh, the couple of VGK games. It's... uh You know, it seems like uh, the holidays should be slowing down, but it seems like every weekend there's something more and more this uh, here in Vegas.
1: And we're going to dive right into it right off the hop because we have head coach John Robleski of the U.S. Women's National Team who will be at the Dollar Loan Center to take on Canada on Thursday uh, in the latest installment of the Rivalry Series. And Coach Robleski, thanks for joining us. It's great to have you on.
2: Hey, thanks, Brian. Uh, You guys hearing me all right?
1: We hear you just fine, John, and we appreciate you taking the time. I'm sure it's a busy week for you guys as well. Uh, f- first off, this will be the fourth of five games in this rivalry series, the the fourth installment, and so far you guys are having a pretty good time in this rivalry series. You're 3-0 against Canada. What's been uh, going so well in the course of uh, this matchup so far?
2: Well, yeah, it's, it, we got off to a fast start up there in the uh, Pacific Northwest, and, uh, you know, the crowds were unbelievable. Um, the two games in Canada, at Cologne and Camden, were both sold out, and then... Uh, the game in Seattle had nearly fifteen thousand people, so you know it was uh, the tr- the experience was tremendous, and uh, the pace is fast, uh, you know. And we we made a few adjustments with with Canada after watching the World Championships, and you know made some made some uh, some some plays and some thought processes to probably open the game up a little bit more on our terms, and um, you know it, it does fit into the to an exciting style and brand of hockey that uh, that it, you know formulates well with what we what we have as a, as a skilled group.
1: And John, it's not surprising that fans are responding so well to this. Uh, You guys have played in Kelowna and Kamloops on the Canadian side of the border, and then Uh, Seattle Climate Pledge Arena as you mentioned there'll be uh, one more game after the game this week in Henderson and uh, Los Angeles but these are without question the two greatest women's hockey teams in the world going head to head and usually we you know we have to gather around our TV sets for world championships and for uh, Olympic gold medal games but this is an opportunity multiple opportunities for fans in the northwest uh, to have a chance to see these players up close and in person and uh, it's not surprising the response has been so strong.
2: Yeah, and it's it's interesting. You brought up the rivalry and and how how heated it gets, and it, it, it's tough to describe. You know, from from coming over from the the men's side of the game and and then stepping into this realm, and then on the men's side. And I'm gonna be I'm gonna try to be as careful with my words as you possibly can. But <laughs> a lot of times on the men's side, you'll see a lot of the players, and, and not that there isn't a lot a ton of familiarity with the females. There is there the men's side. There's a more um, that you You see some of the buddies you grew up with, and you you're quick to get over there and say hello and a lot of laughing and things like that. Um, on the women's side, the rivalry is extremely fierce. And while there's a there's a tremendous amount of respect from both sides, the uh, the desire to win and the desire to compete um, against our friends from the north is is something that I haven't seen before in sports. and uh, it, it's it's really it's really interesting to get on the bench and see, uh, and witness, you know, some of the, some of the snarling and the, and the, and I, as I mentioned before, the, the passion to win and to compete against, uh, in these games. And what it does, it, it, it creates an environment. Um, and because we don't play the, you know, the 82 game schedule where things are, coaches can stand, stand behind and analyze every single uh, night and give feedback, uh, sort of, you know, uh, sort of you know, pulling the strings as it were, you, the players are, are a little bit more free. To, to play and play with that, you know, open um, that open feeling, that that instinctual feeling uh, to go out and and you know, we talk about it as playing more with principles than the plan and to stick to your your principles as to what you do well and what we do well and not worrying as much about the grand scheme of each component to the neutral zone pass and the neutral zone defense. Those things will take care of themselves with passionate play. And sticking sticking to the principles uh, that we that we want to adhere to
0: John Derek England here um, off to a three 0 start like like you said what do you uh, what do you expect out of Canada you know changes uh, that type of thing um, moving forward here you know being down three0 they got to tweak some things to uh, try to answer the bell against you guys.
2: Yeah, well Derek, first off, it's uh it's interesting and I wanna congratulate you on an amazing career. I don't know if you remember, but you and I uh used to play against each other in the old ECHL when Pittman, the Wranglers were in the league and Fresno was in the league and um I remember you coming up and we actually were rookies at the same time, oh three oh four and then oh four oh five. I think you were in you were in Vegas too during the lockout year and uh, I just remember some of those days and some of the, the teammates that you had with like Adam Huxley and John Shockey and you know, some of the the Wild West characters that you just have to have to encounter, like John Morassi or oh, yeah. Grattan or Philly Tibbetts. I don't know. It's been, it's been a <laughs> long time, but it's good I wanna congratulate you on that career and then uh, you know, it, it was really neat to watch it from, from afar. But, uh, but you know, back to your back to your question about what Canada's gonna do. I, I I'm interested but not overly consumed. You know, that's that has to be the mindset. Um I've learned in this in this life of trying to expect what other people do is going to lead to a lot of a uh, lot a lot of a lot of, th- a lot of disappointments in your life and a lot of a lot of problems that aren't even there yet. So um, you know, I, I do I do expect a response from Canada and what what that will be. You know, we're we're evolving too, but we're we I know it's so it's so cliche and it's not the answer you want, but we're trying to trying to trying to enhance what we do really well and and sort of mitigate. Uh, what what we're not proficient in right now, and just trying to you know trying to match those two ideals. And you know, Rut, I can't emphasize this enough as we get to inject nine new players into our into our uh, arsenal coming out of this. We had some players that weren't available, NCAA uh, ladies that uh, that had commitments with their universities. So you know, just getting them up to speed as to the the adjustments that we made from August at the World Championships in Denmark until the Seattle rivalry series, and just getting everybody reconnected and. You know, it's a uh, it's a it's a great feeling and, and and awesome. It's a it's a it's a great breeding ground to uh, to match up with uh, with you know your team concepts and trying to trying to get your uh, you know uh, really just you know group group leading and group orientation.
1: We're talking to John Robleski, head coach of the U.S. Women's National Team, ahead of this Thursday's rivalry series game at the Dollar Loan Center. Tickets on sale now. John, to call back to what you uh, mentioned in one of your previous answers, you talked about the. Uh, the intensity, the enthusiasm of the participants in these rivalry series games. Again, there's no gold medal on the line here, and yet these two national teams going head to head with uh, a lot of ferocity. I think it's important for the fans to realize as well that while this is the fourth game of a five game series, you know, installments as you guys have gone from city to city, this is not a media tour in the sense of it's, uh, you know, a couple of friendly exhibition games, and oh, you'll see a couple of big names. <laughs> Looking at these box scores, these are loaded rosters that we're seeing from past uh, Olympics and national teams. These are two teams that are coming with their best.
2: yeah this is the we neither team had uh, exactly what they wanted roster wise uh, in in November and while I was quite proud of the way that our our, our young ladies exhibited uh, you know and demonstrated what they can do the the I, I don't want to call them fill- in players but the players that were weren't apt initially um, we we are you know there is an air it's in the air here um, an air of expectation. Uh, to what what we can have with the, the potential that we wanted to bring to the first event, and so you know we're uh, it, it's it, it'll be interesting. Canada adds a couple pieces to their lineup. We add we had nine, so it's it's uh, it's an interesting it'll be an interesting makeup. Can we can we capture the desperation? You know the um, you know it, it says a lot about the human spirit too. I thought about you know the the, the ladies that. <laughs> expert they played you know and, and Eric uh, Derek can, can t- attest to this is the you know what, what you get from a call-up player um, just how you know given that opportunity the adrenaline that they can play with for, for a couple of games in a row and what they can what they can do um, we, we saw that live and so what we're trying to do is capture you know that that same amount of desperation with players that maybe you know have been here before you know can we can we sort of blend that experience with with uh, the aforementioned?
1: John, looking at your coaching resume as a whole, you spent a lot of time in the uh, behind the bench in the ECHL, the AHL, most recently with Ontario, the U.S. National Development Program. You have a very uh, developmentally geared coaching career. It's something you've done very well for a very long time. What is this job like working with the U.S. women's national team where, of course, there's still some development, players looking to get better. You mentioned some NCAA uh, players that are involved as well, but perhaps uh, less raw materials than you have in other teams that you've worked with
2: very keen assessment i'd have to say there brian uh and because the segue will will be relatable here is that there's more to it than just coaching the national team and what we are trying to do um you know without tipping too much uh information to our friends to the north uh but i i believe in the every team that i that i'll work with um as long as i'm allowed to have you know that uh Sort of autonomy to, to work uh, under under the pretense that, uh, that you know within the configurations is that it will be skill oriented and it will be it will be development oriented and my my goal for each and every player for the time that I start working with them at the beginning of a season or whether it's these short little rivalry series which which actually work quite well with their sample size is to be a better teammate and a better player than you were. In the two weeks, you know, that we have together, whatever duration that is. And so what we, what we do is we work with the individual as much as we work on the macro, you know, the team. We're trying to, we're trying to make each player, we work on the micro side. You make each player as good as they can possibly be within the configuration of the team dynamic and what you believe is that the team values the most systematically, uh, as well as culturally. And then you, you work with each player. I mean, each one is so important. You don't know. Even if a player plays eight minutes, I try to relate to a player that, you know, you don't know that which 30 seconds of the game is going to be the most important, which which 30 seconds a penalty is drawn, somebody shoots one over the glass, so that uh, a key stick detail or shot block, they're, they're all important. And, and uh, you know, that's the wonderful thing about hockey is that, it's that continuous 60-minute game, and you, you never feel comfortable. Um, maybe sometimes players feel comfortable as the adrenaline wears in because they're in control, but as a coach, you, you rarely feel comfortable and behind the bench.
1: We're with John Robleski, head coach of the U.S. women's national team. The U.S. and Canada will play the Dollar Loan Center this Thursday night. John, I, I'm curious. We've talked so much about the on-ice expectations for both teams and for the fans, and, of course, that is the most significant. But at the same time, as you guys make this uh, this travel throughout the Northwest, there's a lot of opportunity for people to see the women's game for the first time of course there's young female fans who maybe have never had a chance to see the game in person aside from the on ice results how important is this rivalry series for the for the growth of the game and the growth of the women's game in in the u.s
2: another great question and one that that you know sort of I, i thought this opportunity for the the best on best is is such a such a unique one, you know, as far as as far as being able to have the rosters all lined up, and I think it's I think it's key for for our the young the young women, and you know, look at the sample size and the fan base, and to get to get young girls interested in playing the game, and to see to have have the aspirations to be able to play in arenas that have fifteen thousand people in it. Uh, it's it's something that I always respected on the men's side, but wasn't wasn't fully. Committed to or able to appreciate. And now that, you know, that script has, has luckily and, and joyously flipped in my life and be, I've been able to be a part of this side of it. And it's, I, you know, I have, a, I have a young niece who just, that's, that's as far as I need to go to look at how important it is for, for young women and just the growth of the game. You should see, like, when I'm on the phone with her, she's asking them all the time. When can when can she come and see the team play? You know, asking her parents, and she talks about the players, and these are conversations that I never got to have with with young Nora before. And now it's we have you know that connective tissue, but also most important, you know, I think that the broader scope is that you know the the bigger picture of the game in general, you know, how it, what it does, and that's just a that's just a micro of, of of an example of of what that does for for the game, and I'm sure it's happening. You know, thousands of times over each each city we uh, we come into is that you, you get a young girl who's just you know um, starstruck with it. and, and you never know what that what that young girl is going to do with her life. You know, with the with the opportunity to play hockey because it is it is such an amazing sport and uh, you know a, a team a team component that you can't you can't find in any other realm. I've I've tried to find it in other sports and talking to different coaches and you just you can't you can't blend the. The dedication, the sacrifice, the toughness, the finesse, uh, the athleticism—all of those things coming together at one time and hockey is just—it's just beautiful. So, um, you know, I, I can't wait to see where 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 these rivalry series and the and the dividends that it pays for the game in the long run, where where it ends up.
1: Well, it's going to be a tremendous week, John, and we're very excited for it. One more before we let you go. Just The, the team is getting into town. You're not coming in uh, Thursday uh, at 7 p.m. as puck drop, but you're getting into town well before then. There's going to be, I think, some practices uh, at Lifeguard Arena that I believe the public can attend. Uh, how are you guys uh, going to, to spend the next few days in, in Vegas getting ready for the big night?
2: Yeah, it's awesome. I, I, I really appreciate these uh, these opportunities. So, like, we just hunker in. I'm in the conference room right now with the 20-by-10 you know, t- Projector up against the wall, and you, you you hunker in and you work with the players all week. We don't see much of the uh, of the lights and the and the shows and things like that. Um, you know, the players have some free time to see that stuff, but it, it really is a hockey clinic that we try to put on here. And uh, you know, we're gonna we practice every day. Um, and they are open to the public, and Seattle had had a, a tremendous atten- uh, attendance at our practices, so we're hoping to see. Hoping to see some people come out and check it, check out our practices, and they're and they are very fun. The practices are up tempo. We don't do a lot of instruction at practice. We try to try to do most of our system maintenance on video, and we try to have the practices really emulate uh, and duplicate what we do, uh, the scoring chance opportunities that we have, and we just kind of rep that those types of things out, get us up and down the ice. And you know what? Um, it, as I mentioned, we want to we want to put our best foot forward uh, in the games and the competition, but. I do, I do look at these, uh, opportunities, these, these, uh, you know, these rivalry series as, as a development opportunity for our players and our, as a team. So we, we, we really, we put that, um, you know, as the highest priority and like, we feel like the competition, uh, and the results of the game will take care of themselves.
1: Well, the U.S. women's national team taking over Vegas until Thursday night, 7 p.m. puck drop against the uh, Canadian women's national team in the rivalry series. Head Coach John Robleski, really appreciate you coming on to uh, help us promote this, and we look forward to watching this week. It's going to be a lot of fun.
2: I really appreciate it, Brian. Best of luck, Derek, and we'll see you guys down the road.
1: Thanks a lot, John. That is head coach John Robleski of the U.S. women's national team. We've been talking about this for a while. We had Megan Bozak in last week, uh, last month to talk about uh, it a bit as well. And, uh, you know, when you listen to John Robleski talk about it, you can hear the enthusiasm in his voice too, just how excited they are for this project to to grow the game. But also, you know, this is a, well, you say it's, it's not in the standings, but two points on the line this means a lot to both of these teams, you know, is they, every time they meet, whether it's in the World Championships, the Olympics or elsewhere, every time they meet, they know it's best on best, and you can hear that fire.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's tremendous to watch, uh, you know, as a hockey player, and, you know, the, going to the Olympics, the World World Cup, anything like that, um, they're fun games to watch. They are intense. Uh, it's a big rivalry, and, uh, you know, neither team is going budge, to budge an inch for the other, so... It's a lot of fun to watch. It's great for the you know, women's hockey in general all over. It's it's growing here in Vegas. You see it. Uh, so it's it's going to be fun to watch, and uh, I'm looking forward to this one.
1: And it is upon us as we head to break. We'll remind you that the Rivalry Series comes to the Dollar Loan Center this Thursday, a 7 o'clock puck drop as the U.S. and Canadian women's national teams battle it out. And you can visit thedollarloancenter.com to get your tickets, thedollarloancenter.com and get your tickets. And then as mentioned again, throughout the week, the teams will be practicing at Lifeguard Arena. So more than one opportunity to see the best women players in the world up close and in person. We will step out, but when we come back, we'll talk, uh, well, we'll flip to the VGK. There's a lot to talk about, recap some of the recent contests, and talk about the upcoming games in Winnipeg and Chicago and when the Islanders come to Vegas. It's straight ahead on nighttime at noon. Derek England, Brian McCormick here with you on Fox Sports Las Vegas. <laughs>
0: We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas.
1: Nighttime at noon continues. Golden Knights fans of the Foley Food and Wine Society was created to celebrate three of Bill and Carol Foley's greatest passions. World-class wines, exceptional cuisine, and magnificent travel destinations. Members of the society will have access to an entire portfolio of properties around the world, and had the exclusive opportunity to join like minded individuals who seek to experience the finer things in life. Join for free today by visiting Foley Food and Wine Foley Food and Wine Society.com. Big thank you to U.S. Women's National Team Head Coach John Robleski, who joined us in the last segment. By the way, Derek Anglin, Brian McCormick here with you, and you can follow along. Not just here on Fox Sports Las Vegas, but also simulcasting on all of the VGK digital channels. If you'd like to see our beautiful faces, that's up to you. But uh, lots to cover for the VGK as they head into this trip to Winnipeg and to Chicago. Uh, and before we do that, a little bit of uh, breaking news that we can get to, which is that the Golden Knights have announced a number of, well, I should say maybe one transaction that impacts three different players. The uh the HSK, uh, from the Silver Knights, the Golden Knights have uh, recalled forward Jonas Rombjörg and defensemen Braden Pahal and Caden Korzak. So Rombjörg, Pahal, and Korzak all go up to the VGK. Uh, pretty easy for the VGK to do that since the Silver Knights got back from their road trip yesterday. So hop from one side of town to the other, hop on the plane, and hop to Winnipeg. So uh, transaction there, and I guess that kind of can lead us, Derek, to uh, what has been a bit of a storyline for the VGK of late, which is that they've been pretty, well, compared to last year, they've been a better both uh, injury-wise than they have been, but a little dinged up of late, uh, and the Golden Knights have been uh, without Jack Eichel, without Shea Theodore, Alex Petrangelo for personal reasons, Brett Howden, uh, and Zach Whitecloud banged up uh, in last night's game, and uh, questionable going forward, and now we see the three call-ups, so there's been a lot of roster rearranging for Bruce Cassidy of late.
0: Yeah, you know, I think the beginning of the year, it was, uh, you know, they had lots of rest, uh, not playing playing a lot uh, you, you know just a steady schedule and you know around that Thanksgiving I think they played five and eight eight nights and you know it's a, it's a wear and tear on the body and um, you know unfortunately you know it's a pretty pretty significant list on this team you, you, you know one goal last night but you're missing Eichel, Theodore, Angelo those are three high point guys uh, on a nightly basis so that's a a lot of points to make up for missing those guys, and then you can't, uh, y- you know, with Howden out, uh, that uh, grind and uh, speed and stuff, and missing White Cloud, that's another, another dagger. You know, he kills uh, a lot of penalties, blocks a lot of shots, and um, you know, just hopefully they get back sooner than later.
1: I think we're still we're still waiting on some confirmation on what White Cloud situation is going to be, but obviously this. Uh Transaction. The call-ups does speak to that a little bit, but you know I think it's interesting when you look at you know Jack Eichel being out a bit is is certainly uh, going to be a, you know your headline grabbing name for sure, and Alex Petrangelo for for his personal reasons. But where you look at where the glut is, and there's the call-up of Braden Pahal, the call-up of Kaden Korzak, and Neil Marman already up there. There's a lot of youth and a lot of HSK talent pool dependence for Bruce Cassidy right now on the blue line specifically.
0: Yeah, it's a uh, you know it's a great. You know, all those guys deserve a shot up and uh, they've been, you know, playing well last year into this year and, um, you know, it's a good thing to have. Uh, unfortunately, you know, you have three three D-men out and uh, I don't know what white clouds is, but uh, to have those guys be able to come up and I think not be nervous to throw them in the lineup and uh, you know what you're going to get out of those three guys. So uh, Miromanov has been playing really good for them so far and uh, these other two coming up, uh, you know, it's almost like uh, John was talking about that, uh, you know, that call-up, that adrenaline. They're going to play off that adrenaline for at least the first few games, and uh, you know what you're going to get. You, you know, you can. It's a little harder to shelter or, or, or that on the road, but uh, you know they can build off that adrenaline each, each night. Well, Bruce Cassidy spoke on this a little bit
1: as well. Again, as the team gets ready to go play a uh, Winnipeg team that's the uh, the top of the Central right now. Bruce Cassidy spoke about the HSK call-ups. Here's what he had to say.
3: Well, we'll see we'll we'll find out uh um on the back end if whitey can't go um you know then it's it's you know Pahal's down there has played well korzak so miramanov's come up and given us some some good minutes he's still like i'll look at the third goal right he understands it's a man's league right down low you got to be able to separate people with a big body so he's learning part of that And those other guys i assume will go through that too Paul Cotter, Lasician. We've got some younger guys, uh, Tom or even, and net. So we've got some young guys in the lineup that are helping us win. So we, we have to live with their growing pain, so to speak, the ones that are a little bit new to it. Um, it's our job to coach them up. So what's our comfort level? I don't know. I haven't haven't seen them play since they left training camp. Um, we'll get them in and get them ready, and hopefully put them in a good position to succeed. When you're that young on the back end, well, the, the compensation has to come from the forward group. That's vet, you know, an older group that and they have to play, manage pucks better, not stress your D in different ways. Puck support, uh, managing it so they're not always defending, helping in D zone coverage, out you know scoring some goals to make up for the mistakes so the guys can relax. So that's a little bit what's in front of us right now. So I don't know if I answered your question, but you know, listen, the next guy has to go in. He's got to be ready. It's an opportunity. That's how guys forge careers for themselves. Sometimes taking the extra minutes, the guys that are already here. And then the guys that uh, that aren't, that come up, that can establish themselves and, and push for a regular job.
1: And as Bruce Cassidy is talking about the importance of these players coming in and the players who are already in the VGK lineup to make sure that not too much of the burden lands on their shoulders to to get right into the mix this is where it's important and we talk so much about systems at the start of the year when Bruce Cassidy and his staff joined in the defensive zone system especially that they wanted to implement there's a reason why the Silver Knights play the exact same system it's so that players can as seamlessly as possible move from one to the other in cases like this
0: yeah it just makes it a lot easier you know if you're you're going up and down and you're playing two different systems it's uh it's tough it's not tough you you got to deal with it but uh, if they're playing the same systems it's easy transit easier transition and like Bruce said, uh, you, you're going to lean on your veteran guys uh, on forward and on D to uh, help the the guys coming up and make it easier, you know. And that's, you know, maybe simplifying the game a little bit. Um, the communication is is huge. Um, you know, even late in my career, I played with Mark Giordano, and he's he's yapping at you the entire game, and it, it makes it so much easier um, um, to play the game, even even as a veteran guy. You know, he's letting you know where where guys are, where to put the puck, and it's just a huge, huge bonus. So uh, the more you guys can talk to, to these young guys and make them feel comfortable, the better you're going to get out of them.
1: Well, luckily for us, there's uh, there are a few people better situated uh, to tell us about how these young players, these prospects, are developing and are... Uh, suited to jump into a situation like this, and the Director of Player Development, Mr. Will Nickel, and we're going to have him on the program after this break. So we will step aside, and when we come back, we will have Will Nickel, Director of Player Development for the Vegas Golden Knights, to bring us up to speed on not just the HSK personnel, but also the draft picks developing elsewhere around the globe. That's straight ahead on Nighttime at Noon. Brian McCormick and Derek Englund here with you on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
0: Live from City National Arena, this is nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Hey,
1: Golden Knights fans, if you can't get enough hockey, come check out the Henderson Silver Knights of the American Hockey League. Playing at the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson, single-game group and mini-suite tickets for home games during the 2022-23 season are on sale right now. Contact the Henderson Silver Knights ticketing team at 702-645-4259, 702-645-4259, or visit hendersonsilvernights.com. Golden Knights heading out on the road to Winnipeg and uh, bringing some HSK personnel with them as we announced in the last segment. Uh, Jonas, Rombier, Caden Korczak, Brayden Paul all called up to the uh, VGK. And what better time than now to bring on uh, an expert in the Silver Knights and all VGK prospect development it is the Director of Player Development, Mr. Will Nickel, and he joins us now. Will, it's great to have you on.
4: Hey, guys. How you doing? Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for coming on, Will. We appreciate it. And I, I think anytime I speak to you, the first thing I want to ask is, uh, aside from where are you now, just what has your recent workload been like? Because uh, as we know, you're traveling around the uh, the continent all the time.
4: Yeah, where's Waldo? Right? <laughs> uh, I'm currently in Moncton. Uh, let's see. I, I don't even know where to start, Brian, to be honest with you. I was in uh, Everett last Tuesday, Chilliwack Wednesday. Uh, flew home Thursday, my father-in-law had a retirement party Friday that I just didn't want to miss. So I was there Friday, and then I was Barry, Ontario, Saturday, Moncton, yesterday, today. and I head to Seattle tomorrow, and then I'll see you Wednesday in Henderson, being Henderson for the weekend. So.
1: Well, I'll make sure everything's arranged then. I'll get on it. But as there we know, go. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> As you mentioned, coming to Henderson, because, of course, you check on the prospects with their junior teams and their college organization, wherever they may be. You also, of course, are uh, with the Silver Knights regularly checking on those prospects as well. We just mentioned that Jonas Romburg, Kaden Korzak, Braden Pahal called up to the VGK for this road trip. Now, we saw a good amount of Jonas Romburg with the VGK last season. He and Jake LeCision played pretty big roles for the VGK as they battled their injuries last season. Uh, but this time around, Ron goes up. We've not seen as much uh, NHL time for Braden Paul and Caden Korzak. Where have they been uh, trending uh, with the HSK so far this season?
4: Well, you know, the times that I've I've seen them, uh, I'm I'm not there day-to-day, as you know, uh, like uh, Tim Spelts and and the coaching staff. Um, So I, I don't get to see them every day, but the times that I've seen them, you know, uh, boy, Pickle, Braden Pahal, uh, I, I never leave disappointed um, when, when I watch him play. He just, um, he always empties the tank. Uh, he knows exactly what he is, and uh, and he plays to it. And uh, it, it's something that you have to really try to get across to young prospects, uh, a lot of young prospects. Is it's not just about points. Uh, it's not just about the flash and things like that. Um, it's, it's really about knowing what your identity is and playing to it. Uh, I call it, you know, your script for success. And, and Pickle has always known what he is and he plays to his strength. Uh, he's a great leader. Um, and he's not a real vocal one. He just leads by example. So I'm really happy for him. Uh, Corsi, you know, when Corzi's playing his best game, uh, he, he's such a good skater and, uh, and he's using his feet. Uh, not not just with the puck, but he's using his feet to shorten the rink and he's got good gaps because he's a, he's a tall kid and he plays long right with with good stick on puck and he can pass the puck so well so when he's dialed in you know he's letting the puck work for him he's moving it when he can not when he has to um, and and he uh, when when he's playing his best hockey, you know he brings a physical presence he he seals plays off. Uh, Coach Cassie calls, you know, the, the kill zones and the D zone coverage, you know, and, and Corsi's uh, dialed in and, and doing that. That's when he's playing his best hockey for sure. Jonas Romberg, uh, you know, he he just, what a super kid. Um, he can skate. He's got a really good hockey sense. I, I, I would say almost sneaky. I think people don't understand, you know, that this kid's got some skill. He's got some hockey sense. He's not just a checker. Um, but in saying that, he's got such great details to his game. Uh, he, he's he's just so good. You can play him on the penalty kill. You can play him in defensive situations. But but he's got some offense to him as well, which which we've seen, right? Which we've seen. So happy for all three of the kids.
1: With Will Nickel, the director of player development, uh, shifting to the uh, younger end of the pipeline, a player that just signed his entry level contract was Jacob Bra- uh, Brabanich, and or Brabanich, Pardon me. I've heard about six different hey, pronunciations of that name. One. I've heard it
4: pronounced three different ways, and I always ask him. And, and then he also likes to be called Jacob, but, you know, in Europe it's Jakob. So, yeah, <laughs> I, you, there's a lot of different ways to say it.
1: I think I've heard three different times from him, so he's keeping me honest, and I appreciate that. But uh, just yeah. signed his entry-level contract, and, you know, looking at this year, when we talked about him after his draft, which was after the COVID-shortened season where a lot of question marks up in the air, he was taken in the, in the fourth round, and you guys thought it might have been a steal then. He's gone on to have... Uh, two, uh, a great season last year, and now he's near a point per game again in Charlottetown with the Islanders, and that's with uh, former teammates Patrick Gay and Lucas Cormier having moved on to the pro ranks. Without them, he's still putting up great numbers. A really strong start to the season for him.
4: Yeah, he's had an excellent year. Uh, there's no doubt about it. They don't have the um, the team that they had last year. They had one of the best teams in the Quebec League they very well could have gone to the Memorial Cup. Uh, they went very deep in the playoffs this year. They're just not as, as strong. They've got a lot younger group, which happens, right? That happens at, at the junior level a lot. There's there's that cycle. Um, but you know, he he's really embraced that role. He's actually talked to me uh, about it a lot. Like, there's a good chance he's going to get traded in the Quebec League, right, uh, the second half of the year. And that's just how it goes with a, with a young team who has such a good older player like Jacob. Uh, but he's talked to me openly about how he's okay if he doesn't get traded. He likes taking this leadership role on. He knows that he needs to set the example for the younger players. And that's something that he hasn't had to do yet, and he knows that that's part of his development. So he's actually really enjoyed that part of it. Um, he's another one that just has, his coach told me, and I think he's got one of of better coaches in all of the CHL, you know, his coach told me there's not a more complete player in the queue, uh, than Jacob. And, and it's hard for me to argue with that. He's got such good detail to his game. Uh, he'll remind people probably a lot of wild bill, uh, Carly, you know, how, how he is just so good with his details and, and can skate and he can make plays as well. So really happy for Jacob. Like those are always the, the fun days for me, Brian. As you know, um, those are the like the treasuring moments, right? When kids sign their contract, when kids get called up, uh, you know, like Corzy and Pickle and and uh you got today. Those those are the those are the fun moments for me.
0: Hey, Will Derek England here. How's things going up there? Hey, hey
4: the legend. How you doing, oh, buddy?
0: I don't know about that, but uh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, yeah. Have you
4: had to buy? Have you had a buy, a, had a buy a dinner yet in Vegas? Or you still you still go out and people buy a dinner?
0: Oh you no, sort of I, I, buy, like, I buy huh? all my dinners. What are you talking about? Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. He, doesn't he doesn't buy he drinks. Does. He buys dinner though. I buy dinner. Yeah. I'm waiting. <laughs> yeah. Brian owes me a beer though. Sometime. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he can only bail me out so many times before yeah, I have to uh, pay off. That's true. Know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Speaking of junior guys, uh, you know everyone doesn't get to see them all the time. Who are you excited for uh, so far through the season that you've seen, and uh, um, you know who's made that next step in development?
4: Yeah, it's always tough for me uh, to answer these questions because they're they're all almost like my kids, right? I feel like if I talk about one, I should talk about all of them. So um, I just talked to Bobby Lowe's for a little bit today. Um, we we've got we've the, the, his staff just does such a good job, not just with the, the first couple of rounds, but just with later rounds. So you guys were just talking about Burbanitz. So kid in the later round of this last draft, who's just been excellent for me, is that Be- is Ben Hemmerley. And Ben plays up in Everett, uh sixth round pick. Um You know, Derek, you you played a long time. Sometimes it's hard to get forwards to understand how important it is and how valuable it is to get to the inside, right? And this kid does it all the time naturally. Uh, He wants to go to those hard areas of the ice, and then he's got the sense, you know, to to make plays. So he's not just a checker. Um, he's, He's got some sense and some savvy to go with it. Uh, a kid, you know, at the other end of the draft, who I've just watched for the last two days, who took in the first round, Zach Dean, boy, I'm not sure if he could have had a better two-game set uh, for Team Canada. You know, he's trying to make Team Canada for the World Juniors. He's one of the final 18 forwards. He's trying to make that roster. He played good yesterday. He played excellent today, and, um, and he's really done a good job of applying things, you know, that our, our group has asked him to do. Um, to to make himself a better player. And um, so that's been fun to watch. And then I guess I'll give you one in goal, too. You know, Jesper Vickman is not a very good team in Vancouver. uh, Yet anytime they win a game, it seems like he's a big reason why. So that's kind of a quick rundown of of a few of those guys uh, at the junior level. Um, I guess if I was going to give you a defenseman who's – you know, who's who's been playing pretty well and and is someone that wasn't drafted is Joe Fleming, right? So now i kinda of giving you on late in the draft, uh, middle of the draft with Vicman and then a uh, first round with you know, Joe Fleming's a kid that came to our development camp this, this year, just like Braden Hall, right? Um, fell through the draft and just did so well at our development camp, just like Pickle did where he, he earned an NHL contract. He's in Sherbrooke right now and uh, he, he, he's a fun one to work with. Derek, you'd really like watching him play. Uh, he, he's kind of a throwback. Um, you know, he, he w- grew up watching clips of Scott Stevens. That's what he tries to model his game after, and, and that's how he hits. Like, he, he really has those big hits when he catches guys with their head down, which you just don't see a lot anymore. Uh, and he's really learned how to manage the game and manage the puck. So there's, there's four of them for you. Well,
1: that's awesome with uh will nickel director of player development and and will before we let you go looking at the 2022 draft class for the vgk the one player from that draft class playing pro hockey right now is patrick gay he's with the silver knights to spend most of the start of the year with the savannah ghost pirates to which point i i asked he was better than a point per game with savannah which is a new addition to the vgk development family how is the echl savannah franchise how is that working uh for player development compared to what you guys were hoping it would be
4: You know, Brian, I'm glad that you brought that up. Uh, And so I'll answer both. And I'm glad you brought Patty up. I'll bring Patty up first. Let's talk about him first. Because sometimes it's not easy for a kid to understand and and maybe to trust. um, That's probably the word. Trust the organization with their development. So Patty could have gone back for his last year uh, in the CHL. We felt like it just wasn't the right thing for his development. He scored 55 goals last year. Uh, we we just kind of felt like what more did he need to do Um, yet you know we just weren't sure if he was going to be in the lineup every single night in Henderson so you know you've got Savannah this is the first time where where we've really had that layer Uh, Rick Bennett uh, you know is a coach that is under our umbrella his assistant Alex Lowe uh, they're both under our They're VGK coaches right so they're just like Manny and his staff they're part of our staff and it's been Huge for this kid and his development. Uh, Rick's done a great job of playing him the right minutes, uh, the right situations. You know, uh, he, he's a power play guy, so he's on the first power play unit. He's good on the kill, so he's using them on the penalty kill. Uh, he's using them all the right situations. He's using them, um, playing them the right minutes from day one. And so this kid has gotten confidence at the pro level. He's understood. What it, uh, what it means to be a pro. I think it's been a great introduction uh, for Patty. But to Patty's credit, when we sat him down and talked to him about it, he was all in. Like, he was all in. There was no hesitation about it. He knew this was a good thing for his development. And he actually has told me uh, a few times when I talked to him, he says, I trust you. You know, I trust you with my development, and he does. So really happy that he's been able to come up. Uh, same with Daniel D'Amato uh peter dilibatory i know Corky's coming up now too you know I'm, I'm always happy for those kids too because they work right and, and and they're down there and they're doing everything they can to get better and so sometimes it's because of injury that's part of the game but when, when those kids get their chances to come up to henderson i'm, I'm just as happy as i am for paul uh Jonas and corsey today
1: well, will we're glad to hear the pipeline's working as it should, and uh, I mean you're basically the the number one prospects correspondent for Nighttime at Noon, so add that to the resume and uh, appreciate the report. Uh, and we we're gonna yeah, see well, you I'm Wednesday. The only
4: one, guys, right? <laughs> so it's uh, you know, I'm the best one, I'm the worst one, I'm the only one. So it's always fun to talk to you guys and Derek. Uh, looking forward to catching up with you sometime around the W G K game.
0: Me too. Sounds good.
1: Thanks okay. for calling in, Will. Okay. We we really appreciate it. We'll see you Wednesday and bring us something fun from Moncton while you're at it.
4: Okay, I'll bring you out of cold weather. How
1: about that? I could use it. Will Nickel, thanks very much. That is Will Nickel, the director of player development for the Vegas Golden Knights, with uh, lots of good reports, especially on the uh, the recent draft picks uh, that are panning out nicely so far. Most of the members of the uh, the draft class last year, wherever they're playing, are at or near a point per game. So so far, so good. That includes Matthias. Uh, Sapovalov, who has 30 points in 30 games for the Saginaw Spirit in the OHL. We'll step out. When we come back, we'll wrap things up on nighttime at noon, find out what the VGK uh, Alumni Association is up to. We've got our number one correspondent for that on set and go over some NHL storylines as well. That's straight ahead on nighttime at noon. Brian McCormick, Derek Englund here with you on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
0: We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas.
1: BGK fans, get some fresh air and escape to Rock Creek Cattle Company, located in the heart of Montana. This hidden gem is a 28,000-acre cattle ranch that has amenities catered for the entire family, including a world-class golf course, fly fishing, horseback riding, and more. Exclusive memberships and real estate opportunities are available right now. Visit RockCreekCattleCompany.com. That's RockCreekCattleCompany.com for more information. Wrapping things up, nighttime at noon, Brian McCormick, Derek Englund, here with you, and uh, a lot to get through in five minutes. I won't do it, but we're going to give it a try. Let's get back to the VGK front. Uh, Derek, the uh, Golden Knights heading out on the road. Road games against uh, first place Winnipeg in the Central, last place Chicago. Uh, the road has not been a problem for the Golden Knights at all this season. They are uh, this season 12-2-1 away, 8-7-0 and at home, which has been a little bit surprising, and Bruce Cassie spoke about it a little bit. They've had a hard time scoring goals on home ice, and it's kind of hard to but reason as to why, but that's been the struggle of late.
0: Yeah, I, I actually just seen something posted uh, today. I forget who posted, it, but uh, at home, they're like 32nd in goals per 60 minutes, but uh, uh, on the road, they're third or something along those lines, yeah. so that's a big difference, and y- you know, the shots and the scoring chances aren't much off, but uh, they just got to find a way at home to get it in the net, and you know missing those three of those big guys uh you know that doesn't help anyways especially against a team like Boston who is uh extremely defensive uh team as well as offensive so um you know i think uh just got to stick with it i think it'll come and uh, even out uh, as they go
1: and mark stone did score last night for the uh for the VGK and again we're far enough into the season now that i don't think we need to be uh Overly under a microscope for, for Mark Stone, but after being injured as he had been, I mean, this year it's good to see that we've seen largely, especially playing on the inside, we've seen Mark Stone be Mark Stone.
0: Yeah, you look at the goal last night, you know, he's on the goal line and takes it to the net. Uh, you know, he missed some significant time last year, and uh, he's got no fear. He took it to the net uh, around the goalie, and that's the dirty areas. That's where uh, you got to pay the price to score, and, and he did that, and no hesitation. So it's good to see, and, you know, he's... Uh, I think he's like uh, 22-ish points in in 30 games, something like that. So it's not a bad start, especially after missing time. And, you know, I think he'll just – Keep growing as the season goes on. 22 points in
1: 30 games for Mark Stone right on the nose. They take on a Winnipeg team, first in the Central. They're 10-4-0 at home. They've won seven of their last ten. That's a tough contest. To, and for a Winnipeg team that I think, uh, I don't know if everyone knew what they were going to be coming into this year, with Rick Bonus coming in as head coach. Very, very highly thought of, but they had been, it seemed, courting Barry Trotz all summer, and then it was Rick Bonus. He took the C away from Blake Wheeler. Uh, they've been great out of the gate, and they're 18-8-1, uh, and that's going to be a stiff uh, a tough building to go into for Vegas.
0: Yeah, it's good that they're scoring Vegas is scoring more goals on the road yeah. because they're up against Hellebuck, who probably right now is uh the front runner uh I would say in the in the Vesna for this year right now early on and uh, you, you know he's the uh, the backbone of that team and um they got a good good offense. They're a bigger team. Um so these guys coming up that are getting into games, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a battle. They gotta they gotta bring their uh, work boots and uh, you know a guy like Pacal, um, seeing him when we did the the color the other night, he hits everything and uh, doesn't matter who it is. So uh, that'll be a big uh, big factor against a team like that.
1: You did a heck of a job on color the other night, color commentary for the HSK broadcast for the Lucky Launch. That's why I owe you that beer. Uh, but as we talk about the many hats you wear, one of them, of course, is the VGK Alumni Association, uh, hosting a poker tournament coming up.
0: Yeah, tomorrow night at the Legacy Club in, in Circa. Um, it'll be a closed event, uh, but there's still a f- few seats available. Um, so if you want to come out and play poker, that'd be great. Uh, it's going to go to a great cause. We Last week donated some money to uh, Las Vegas Metro Police Department Search and Rescue as well as uh, um, Discovery Charter School um, to fund their basketball program for for two years. And uh, part of the proceeds uh, for the poker event will go to serving our kids, uh, which puts meals... uh, on the table for kids uh, during the weekend when they're not at school. That
1: would be a terrific effort. Are you dealing in the poker tournament?
0: I'm playing. I gotta, You're I playing? i got to play, yeah. you have got to try to w- try to win, you know. I'm trying to fill these we seats. Got, I'm we scaring got, people we got, away. you got a cool uh, – oh, I, I don't know how to play poker. I'm just all luck, all in, all Art, well, in. All right, well, in that a, case, those know, are the yeah, seats that, to buy. Yeah. There you go. Just come <laughs> sit next to me. You'll probably take all my chips.
1: The guy, the guy who works for the organization does well and doesn't know how to play the game. That's that's the seat that uh, that you want. Uh, well, you know, before we get, to, we've got a couple well, about a minute and a half left. So before we rifle through some NHL storylines, Derek and I never ever ever get to fan questions because we forget about until after the fact. Are there any? There are not. Because we answer all the questions, that we, are, we preemptively we are get good. out in front We're of them, good. we answer all the questions. Well, then quickly, then let's just go through some NHL trends going right now. Uh, Mitch Marner, twenty-two game point streak for the Maple Leafs. How impressive!
0: Extremely impre- impressive. Um, you know, still a long ways off of Gretzky's fifty games, but uh, you know, for this time of uh, now nowadays, the you new know. hockey. That's. Uh, that's a, that's a season. That's a career for me almost, 22 games.
1: Yeah, you know, it would be a, a night for a lot of players, too. It would be six minutes and two seconds of ice time, but Jack Hughes did it in a single shift. I heard of Mike Keenan having Alex Kovalev out for a shift like that, but it was a punishment. Jack Hughes, six-minute shift. Will that ever be topped again?
0: Uh, that'll be tough to top. I, I had three and a half. I was dying. I played in the D, D zone the whole time, but uh, six minutes, is uh, that's impressive. Well, we handled uh, 45 minutes
1: of talking on this show, so well done, Derek. Appreciate uh, you hanging out this afternoon. Uh, thank you to John Robleski, the head coach of the U.S. Women's National Team, as well. The Rivalry Series, Thursday night, 7 p.m. at the DLC. Thank you to Director of Player Development, Will Nickel, as well. Nighttime at noon, Brian McCormick, Derek Anglin here with you. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your week, and have a great VGK viewing experience.